All right. Um, I'm not allowed to talk. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you're good. I know. Good for you. I was going to say you haven't talked for a while. So he awesome. just told me to shut up. <laughs> I just wanted to get started. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the subject is fine. It's just not what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were just That's waiting for Cameron. It. It's a camaraderie. Okay. Yeah. Just waiting for Cameron. I'll just leave then. <laughs> All right, so the Hopi story. I, I don't know. When I first started listening to this and everything, it was just like, I don't know. So many lights going, light bulb moments happening for me uh, with timelines, etc. And so um, where we had this kind of two-week lull uh, before Lectures on Faith, I really wanted to dive in, get everyone's opinions on it and stuff. Um, so what really stood out to you guys as you were... Uh, listen to this for the first time, or maybe you've heard it a, a whole bunch of times, and um, oh. this was a refresher, but uh, I found it so interesting yeah. what the the Masao or, or Christ had, had told um, these, the Hopi forefathers and um, prophesied. It was for- interesting how many mm-hmm. of these Indian fractions had had the same storylines. Yeah. It's so interesting, they, right? They all can't be lying. <laughs> they all yeah. have to be true. <laughs> it makes you wonder if that's part of what's in the sealed part of the Book of Mormon because we don't have it. Yeah. And then Ooh, I thought I was listening again today. I've heard it yeah, multiple times, but he was saying, so this has happened and this has happened and this hasn't happened yet. I'm like, oh yeah, that's happened. <laughs> That's happened now. It was the one about how the black people would rise up twice. And he goes, okay, they rose up once, but the second time would be to get power. And I'm, but that hasn't happened yet. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very interesting to kind of see um, from when this was presented in 2000 to, to now, like, oh man, the things that he said that they were either starting to experience or whatever, or, uh, oh, that hasn't happened yet. But man, how much the, the timeline has bumped up since then. Huh? And then what was the other thing he said that the next, the country that mm-hmm. dropped the bomb, it was basically whoever dropped the bomb on Japan. I can't remember how it was said. Would yeah. we, also have we did the same. Yeah, we did. And then it said that they would have the bomb dropped on them mm-hmm. or the, whatever desolation they did to that country would happen to them. And it was basically the nuclear bomb that we dropped. And we, I mean, Avraham Gileadis talked about that, you know, that it would be a nuclear weapon. And, um, and I think other people have seen and talked about that. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. The other thing I thought was interesting is he talked about, they talked about the UN Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. They, yeah. know it was the UN, but also um, Spencer saw the UN too, right? The peacekeepers from the UN coming into the country. Yeah, exactly. That kind of went along together. Yeah, I found that very interesting where they had like the three great shakings, right? And um, the, the prophecy of the gourd of ashes, uh, whoever drops it in the second gets it dropped on them in the third. Mm-hmm. And um after the second great shaking, the, the Hopis have this, um, uh, it, it's the appointed time. Once you see this UN go up, 
or whatever, it's the appointed time to go and start sharing your prophecies. Up until then, they were supposed to keep it secret. And um, uh, then uh, you're supposed to go to the UN, uh, tell them about the, the upcoming shaking and uh, uh, the great civilization of peace that is going to come after. Um, and so I found that very interesting how there's kind of like that interlude of of hope uh, kind of yeah, thing. You know, we have the end of the cord of ashes being dropped from our trees. Oh, I couldn't hear you. What did you say? Sorry. Mm -hmm. I listened to you. Oh, it says that uh, they call it the gourd of ashes uh, that was going to be dropped after the second great, at the end yes. of the second great shaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't remember what they called it, but I knew it was the nuclear bomb. Yep. Oh. And so they have that um, kind of interlude where they are supposed to start coming out and uh, prophesying. And then, uh, then come the third great shaking prophecies. So there's transgenderism, you know, like back in 2000, yeah, we had it, but it wasn't like last oh, year yes. or this year, you know, I mean, we are having some crazy pronoun issues and uh, likewise, you know, it, it's just escalating from, from now. Sex changes. Yeah. Uh, talked about going things. to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope not. That's why we're meeting. That's what my grandmother all my grandmother always said that. She was from Ireland. Well, I'd rather say I'd rather say they're all going to hell in a handbasket. I don't want to be in that handbasket. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um uh, so the revealing the sacred parts of the body, speeding up of time and family neglect, and how that was interesting that every single um, tribe, whether it be Native American or uh, uh, from all of the other skin colors as well, but that was a common theme, that the the family would be um, devalued or yeah, just neglected and that's what was bringing about the the third great shaking was the um the attacks on family and so um 1995 is it 95 right the family proclamation um yeah. and and leading up to this it's just interesting how um these prophecies are are uh, helping us navigate uh, these how far we've fallen yeah Natural disasters, agriculture, falling airplanes, oil spills, white man's government, you know, how it's failing, <laughs> giving it yeah. death the two black uprisings, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. the first one for uh, freedom, and then the second for power, the skyscrapers would begin falling, the blueprint. So is that, is that um, the Twin Towers? Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, I mean, that could definitely be uh, the start of it. I don't know how much more there is to that. It talks about, it mentions that they are villages of people, whereas, um, you know, the, the trade towers, yes, they had residences in them, but um, for the most part, they were uh, business type thing. And so I wonder if if villages is more extensive and that's going to happen um, even more so. I don't know. The blueprint of life, uh, being able to clone and uh, duplicate animals and and other things, and so you know it's like we're all just trying to like 
uh, play God and and <laughs> God's not having it. That's why we're uh, having a, a third grade shaking here. Yeah, we're in a mess. Rewriting history. I mean, we have seen that even. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially when, in the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, that schools are an enemy to the to the people. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I found this one the most interesting. I don't know why, but uh, just with our planetary alignment that's happening here in June and um, how we, I was looking it up and uh, trying to kind of pinpoint things, but um, it said that another sign is that there would be an alignment of the planets. When the planets aligned, it would be a sign that the third great shaking was imminent, that it would happen at any moment. And this five planetary alignment that's happening now, you know, whether it is it or, or not, but uh, interesting to note that these five planets align um, in these three years, and we're in the middle one. It happened in 2004, this one that happened in 2022, and then these ones don't align again until the year 2040. And so if this is uh, the alignment that it's talking about, the five planets, um, I doubt we're going to wait till 2040 for <laughs> the third grade wow. to start. So it might be 2022. We might buckle up. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but they said that um, you never have all eight planets align. Um, but but it's these five planets. This is a very rare occurrence, and it's not. Um, I, there's not going to be expected. Uh, six or seven or eight planets to align. This is basically one of the biggest alignments. Uh, I found that very interesting. I think, did I read that the last time that happened was 18 years ago? Uh -huh, yeah, 2004 was the last time that it happened. And, and then uh, it won't happen again until 2040. Okay. I'm going to go open the door because it says my internet's unstable. All right. Um, the, the space station uh, would uh, fall down. So Mir Space Station, Skylab, we have the International Space Station. Many of those could, could possibly be it. Interesting to note that one of them said that it would look like a blue star falling from heaven uh, and how that might be a Skylab. Some from Australia so that it looked blue when it when it fell. I thought that they were gonna end that here pretty quickly. What the, st the state space station? Well, he's talking about Skylab, mm -hmm. which ended a long time ago. Yeah, that one ended a while ago. But if it does apply to the International Space Station, uh, it'd be interesting to to see if it does. Uh, yeah, come down blue. Uh, like the Skylab too. I know the Russians would probably blame it on us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed the the prophecy on on the famine and how they store for three seasons. Um, you know whether that means three uh, individual seasons or three years. Um, but you know. There's many people that are like, oh, we'd only need three months of food storage. That's all the brethren ask of us. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> no. I don't know about that. But, you know, <laughs> at least get three months because uh, you'll need it for that. But, um, I, I, you know, that little uh, quip that he says there, you know, we don't give them toasters and microwave ovens. We give them food. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, that there's going to be riots and, and warfare. In that third shaking, there would be riots that would erupt from coast to coast and war would break out. I, I thought that was interesting, you know, given 2020 and what we experienced then. It, was that it or is there more to come? Um, but, you know, I, I felt that was, was pretty scary um, in 2020 for a lot of people, right? Of oh no, I mean, riots are breaking out everywhere and stuff. And then all of a sudden it kind of just mellowed out and got swept under the rug. And I, I don't know, I've, I've asked some people uh, about the, the riots of 2020 and they're like, what? It, it kind of uh, glazed look like it, they've already forgotten about it and put it in their, their back pocket uh, versus, I, you know, I think there's there's more to come and uh, it, it'll be it wasn't in their backyard. That's why. I mean, they didn't live where it was. <laughs> if you lived where it was, I don't think you'd forget it. Yeah, exactly. they, they had it here, too. Yeah, they killed, kept... they killed the police chief here and he was black. That didn't make any sense at all. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't make any but sense. I have to wonder <laughs> because there's prophecies. Even Joseph sure. Smith talked about a second civil war. Mm -hmm. So I have to wonder if that's more like this was just a precursor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what's going on in the government now? That doesn't surprise me. I have a lot of sites that are talking about starting a war because they're sick to death of what's going on. Yeah. Well, if it's going on on one side, it's going on on the other side, which is what a civil war is. Two sides yep. fighting. Mm -hmm. It's not just one side, so. Yeah, I think, I think the food. Yeah, I think the food issue is going to be caused Huge. riots. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't subscribe to Avow, but they send me their email notices, and that's what they were saying. They thought that there would be food riots when the food gets really scarce. <laughs> so, especially, especially when you have people with EBT cards and they aren't able to. Use them, mm -hmm. yeah. uh huh. Because if you yeah. can control people in their desperation of of hunger and stuff, they'll do anything. I mean, they'll vote for whoever, right. and yep. it, it's going to come a, a crazy time. Wasn't well, it? Isn't it Rockefeller that said, "If you can control the food, you control the people." Mm -hmm. You know, if Pretty they're much. hungry. Yeah. So you you can just see that it's it's coming, and so. Yeah, and yeah, but it's just a matter of the timing of exactly when, but mm -hmm. you can see it with what they're doing. And it, I think it's interesting that 2020 kind of broke people uh, as far as, um, you know, crying wolf kind of thing, because I have so many, you know, family and friends that are just like, oh, yeah, all of these rumors about um, the, the, food production chicken houses and stuff going up in flames like there's not a, a food shortage coming people <laughs> always cry wolf and i'm like are you kidding me like <laughs> they haven't been to the grocery store lately <laughs> exactly and and it's just crept up incrementally and you know so it's like oh you know all oh, those prices have always been that high I think we're in for a, a rude awakening of how i'm talking about the empty be. shelves yeah mm -hmm. Have you seen the list, Cameron? I discovered it, and now it's been making its round now, a couple of days later on Facebook. There's a list of about 97 oh, really? in a year and a half 
of either factories that burned or um, where because of the quote, quote, bird flu, they've had to slaughter. And now there's a thing saying in Kansas, 10,000 cattle died because of extreme heat. And they're saying it's not as hot as it could be. So what happened? Yeah, what happened? What happened? It's not the worst heat they've ever had. So, uh -huh. but 97 in a year and a half, that's, that's a lot of things being destroyed and yeah. done away with. So you can't say that's just coincidence. I mean, <laughs> no, it's I mean, all very just show people that just show people that listen, there's more added to it every day. So it's like if yeah, some people just want to not face it, I guess. It's easier not to face it, I guess. Maybe mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I guess if you want to live that way, <laughs> be my guest, but I'm gonna start storing food like a squirrel because it's coming hard. Oh yeah. Um, and then it, it talks about that the third shaking would be started by the red people, a country led by a red sign. And he says, I've seen a drawing of it, and I certainly it could be interpreted as the Chinese flag, but you know, just leaving that up there. And I was thinking, okay, so back in 2020, uh, you know, obviously you wouldn't want to say that or, you know, uh, put that out there that we're uh, nervous, but I can definitely see that now. Uh, They're building bases all over the South. Yeah. In the, um, what is it? South China Sea. Yeah, the South China Sea is, they're, uh, they're grabbing up all these islands and building bases on that. Why would they do that? Yeah. I mean, you don't just do that for fun. No, no. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, but anyway, I found this, you know, there's because what he keeps iterating over and over again. Yes, there's a lot of craziness, but it's always about hope and the, the time of hope coming. Um, the prophecy here on page 19, um, where it would look as if we were about to be overthrown when a group from the West would rise up, come forward and save the country from destruction. They were told that this group from the West would be their true white brothers. They were to join with them and then Masao would return. And what they call the Bahani would come from heaven. The people of light um, would come and help them build this society of peace. So, okay. If we, we take a, a step back and look at when this prophecy was given to the Hopis, right? Um, wherever the land bountiful was, right? Um, in the Americas, whether it's, you know, the Mesoamerican one or the uh, Heartland model, um, but what is west to, to both of those locations? There's there's not much west that, that white people are a part of other than, you know, the uh, Intermountain West Salt Lake area type thing. I, I have to wonder if uh, they are talking about the the true white brothers, meaning uh, the white that are keeping the, the true life plan as outlined uh, in uh, the prophecies, right? And that they would rise up and save the country from destruction. Uh, you know, we have the that the elders of Israel will uh, save the constitution as it's hanging by a thread. I wonder if, if that plays into that at all, or anyway, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. <laughs> That's one that we haven't uh, seen completed yet. That one's in, in the future, but I think we're getting close to it. 
Yeah, but I think that you have to focus on that, on one particular word, and that's true. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I, I just don't think it's everyone. I think there's a lot of people that won't be in that true group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, as, let's see, I think it's on page seven. The true white brothers, here you go. So, you know, on page seven, when um, it, when it says a long time ago, the, the great creator called together his children um, and uh, how he gave them signs and handshakes and, and signs of, of peace in order to help distinguish their true white brethren, or I mean, true brethren, regardless of, of color, right? And interesting how uh, when they... Uh, tried to, to use this before they they drew the the line in the sand with the corn and extended their hand uh, to see if uh, these Spanish conquistadors were were keeping the true life plan and instead of giving them the proper handshake they gave them a trinket and they're like oh uh, a time of great bloodshed's coming um, but how that'll play out um, when we see this other prophecy um, uh, come to fruition, that the true white brothers uh, rise up and, and save the country from destruction. Um, like you said, uh, there's the word true is a, a key indicator there, right? And they'll have the, the true um, sign, handshake, and uh, uh, the true word for peace. I think that's an interesting tie in there. Um, but yeah, uh, so intriguing about all of these studies is that so many different Native American subgroups all have, um, the same main story at, you know, different variations, especially as, uh, you know, most of the history is only kept orally, uh, passed down. Of course, there's going to be little nuances to, to things, but that it has remained so pure, uh, through, um, through so many different generations, I found just amazing. Um, and that they all have these stone tablets that the Masao gave them when he uh, visited all of the different uh, skin colors and tribes and, and things. Um, we have the, um, the, the red that we've talked about here. And then uh, going over to the Tibetans, uh, the, the yellow brothers, that they have these, these same prophecies, but from a little bit different perspective, where um, it said that they would be traveling, uh, flying east and joining with their true red-faced brothers as they would be uh, building this, this land of peace, this society of, of peace. found that so interesting because I'd never heard that before. Well, I hadn't heard any of it before, but um, uh, that... Uh, the yellow and the, the red are all, we're all intermingling here um, at the very end. Well, don't, don't you think that Bahani that's coming down from heaven and going to establish the city of peace, that's got to be the city of Enoch, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it Enoch or is it Zion that merges with the city of Enoch, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So like 
we have the the lost tribes right that are going to be uh, coming into play there we have the city of enoch um just all of these people of because here it says bahani is interpreted as people of light um so however that all meshes into together it's it's going to be fun to how that plays out but it like it says at the bottom um it'd be so glorious that the very blades of grass would erupt early from the soil to see the day you know that, that's flowery language but you have to wonder if that's from seasons changing um that the grass is erupting uh, before it's natural time what page are you on now um that's the bottom of page 19. So there's there's all of that about the Bahani, and then it's right before that new technologies part where it mentions the, the blades of grass. But yeah, mentioning the, the new technologies coming forward, um, that there'd be a new power that would be made from the magnetic field from the earth, um, is what they said. I found that very interesting. Did Tesla do that? I don't really know that much about Tesla, to be honest. Like, I, is that where they uh, have harnessed the power from and everything is magnetic field? Yeah, apparently he figured out a way to harness the magnetic field, the energy, and he would get really? free energy for everyone. But amazingly, so he was working on that and I can't remember who was working with him, if it was Rockefeller or who it was. And, and he was funding it. And then when he realized that Tesla wanted to give it for free, he pulled his funding. Mm -hmm. And that's when Tesla just got really depressed, went downhill, didn't really do much after that. And then he died and all his work disappeared. There were, yeah, I came in and took it. I remember where I've heard this. But there were like three men that went into his apartment to clean things up. Guess who one of those was? Trump's dad. Oh, really? Interesting. That interesting. It's like all of these things are, all these families and people are interwoven. Mm -hmm. So, um, but all his papers disappeared and we don't have them anymore. Yeah, that's very interesting. I thought when you said Tesla, you meant like, the, the company Tesla or whatever. And I was like, oh, have they been doing <laughs> electromagnetic stuff? But that makes a lot of sense because yeah, Tesla was a genius um, with, with some of the stuff. You know, you look at uh, Da Vinci, Nostradamus and, and um, Nikola Tesla, like there's some great minds uh, with these technologies for the last days. Well, we even have how to power cars with water. Oh yeah. That's gone now too. I think we talked about that. Did we talk about that last week? Was that here? I don't remember it, but it could be. <laughs> I remember. Okay, talked with somebody else about it then. Yeah, we have way like these are modern men that mm -hmm. found ways to power engines with just water. But of course, if we did that, we wouldn't need gas. But we'll <laughs> yeah, right. And how much are we being controlled by gas now and oil? Yeah, exactly. I remember when I was in high school that there was like a, a another high school student or something like that that 
uh, invented a way to use corn oil to, to power cars or whatever. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you just didn't hear about it anymore. They bought it up, offered him money or who knows what. But it's interesting how much that gas is like this um, power structure over us. Thing. If you can control that, you can control the people. Yeah, I actually remember who it was. My husband gets injections for his back, um, plasma injections, and it was the doctor. Yeah. I was talking with, yeah. <clears throat> he said he had a friend that was converting. There's many people that have found ways to do water power, water-driven engines. And he had a friend that was doing it, had something to do with the carburetor, and he was just doing it for his friends and family. And these two men showed up. One was very burly and quiet, and the other one did all the talking and said, you make another one. <laughs> Interesting. Right. And he never made another one after that. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of doing it, but he figured out how to do it. And the powers that be found out. Yeah. So isn't that interesting? Yeah, very interesting. Well, doesn't it say in the scriptures that there's enough of everything and more or something? I can't I can't think what it is, but there's enough on the earth for everybody, but it's just the conniving, the gadiat and robbers and the conniving men that are after money mm-hmm. that are stopping it. And there's plenty of it proves there's plenty of free electricity, free ways to run our car, our homes, and energy, but they can't make money off of it. So yeah, not they won't. Of- it's all about money. <laughs> so unfortunately, yeah. you know what? That- mm-hmm. I was just going to say this little side note. In fifth grade, we were asked to write a paper about if I could change the world, what would I do? That sounds very today-ish, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was under Jimmy Carter. That's how long ago it was. And in the 70s. And I wrote my paper that if I could change the world, I would get rid of money. Because I just realized like money is what causes all the problems in the world. And my teacher graded it and I got it back with a C and that said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Wow. (laughs) That was back before everybody got an A and you did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought about that paper so many times and I'm like, nope, I still stand by it. Because money is Satan's economy. That's Mm -hmm. not the Lord's economy. Now that I'm older, that's what I would say. The Lord's economy is completely different. It's not money. Mm-hmm. Money yeah what does he say come and, and sup and eat without money without price you know it's <laughs> if you'll depend upon the lord you, there, there's no need for money i still i still hate money like I, it's a necessary evil but it's how the world is run mm-hmm. and it takes you back to the temple yeah. little saying about it right yeah exactly <laughs> Smart little girl back then to figure all that out. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> back then, I was just trying to <laughs> save all my pennies. 
Um, so I found the story of Daganawida. If we're moving over to like page 29, uh, super interesting. Um, this was another one that I had never heard of before. Um, and uh, how he and Hiawatha and uh, all of that plays out. I, I think there's a lot of lessons to, to be learned and, and everything. Um, but also it reminds me of uh, the story of Robert Edge. People have sent me that a lot and um, it's almost the same story, but uh, Robert Edge happens in um, 1878 um, in, I think, Tennessee, right? Yeah, Tennessee. Um, but anyway, so with Daganawida, we have this uh, mysterious guy coming in and uh, trying to present uh, these principles of, of peace. And they're like, okay, well, if you can go and convince Hiawatha because he's a hardened man, uh, a recluse and everything. If you can go and convince him, then we will uh, all take heed of it kind of a thing. And so I found that uh, so interesting how he goes and, and softens Hiawatha's heart. Hiawatha had his daughter slaughtered in the Indian raid and um, very upset uh, about it. He hated society and uh, had great anger. So he shared the, the plan of peace with him and uh, Hiawatha becomes his kind of spokesman uh, amongst the different tribes. And they end up forming this Iroquois Federacy or Confederacy or, or League. And um, interesting how this is kind of the basis for what comes in the United States and, and how we set things up. Um, and so they have representatives from, from each of the different tribes. Um, they form this nation and then he uh, helps them form kind of a, a bicameral structure where they have the house of representatives as it were, and then the council of grandmothers so that um, they have kind of a checks and balance system and, uh, anyway, I found that just so interesting um, that this council of grandmothers is so imperative to their society, and it had to be unanimous. It wasn't just a majority or anything, but um, they took it the decisions to the council of grandmothers because of their compassion, sensitivity, and meekness. Um, they believed that the woman had the ability to help them in making those final decisions um uh, how women have the the final say and I, I thought that was just so interesting and how um how that will possibly play out in in, in the future as we build zion etc um how important uh both genders are in uh heavenly father's uh, kingdom uh, you know, there's kings and queens of the, the Gentiles. We, we've seen that through uh, Isaiah, etc. Um, but anyway, I just found that all just so interesting. <laughs> My voice is like on its last leg. It's going <laughs> to crack your presume. No, it made me think about our government kind of being set up that way. And how we've come to a time where, in my opinion, um, everybody's ab abdicated their roles, like Congress should be in charge of printing money, 
but we've given it to the Federal Reserve, a private bank. They haven't had a balanced budget in over a decade. Like they just keep doing these extensions or whatever. I don't know what they call them. We have a president that now rules through executive order. And I'm not talking this president specifically. I mean, we have presidents yeah. executive order and they shouldn't be ruling. And then we have the Supreme Court who is legislating. Well, not just the Supreme Court, but all courts are legislating. Well, that's Congress's job. And Congress should be stepping up and going, wait, that's our that's our role, you know, yeah. and everybody's just kind of abdicated. it's a free for all. It really is. And so it's kind of like this, but that's interesting that the difference is that they had the grandmothers doing it mm-hmm. because they had more of a vested interest than our elected officials, which is interesting because aren't we studying that in judges about kings and judges (laughs) it's crazy how pertinent that come follow me is right now isn't it yeah yeah so anyway i just all of that you know you think about the contrast and then it kind of reminds me it just kind of comes to mind because my sister asked for it today then the um nemenha the nemenal record yeah i always forget what it's called uh, isn't it the people like the Men- Mentinas? I haven't read it for a while or gone back to it, but I can't remember the the people's name, Nemenha. I can't remember. Uh huh. Yeah, the the Nemenal record is is purportedly from uh, Hagoth and and his descendants and um, all of that. Yeah. So it kind of reminds me of that. How the women were such a big part of yeah. society. Exactly. And it goes into even in pre-mortal councils, uh, the role of women there and uh, Heavenly Mother and uh, etc. Yeah, it's a huge uh, piece. It's kind of like that council of grandmothers extended uh, ripple throughout uh, all of time. So it makes you wonder, especially the way the prophet's been speaking, if that's where the women I don't want to say the women have abdicated. I think the women have just been held back. Mm-hmm. That's the role in the last days that, that the women will step forward into their rightful roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why we needed to study DNC 84 and was it 121? And there was another one about mm-hmm. the priesthood so that we can recognize what our, what our role is. We can't step into a role that we know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not something that um, is necessarily like public in your face. We don't have like classes on it kind of thing. It needs to be taught from the Lord and we need to, to learn it in, in that way kind of a thing. I, I find that very interesting. But yet, you know, President Nelson and, and the brethren are, are very much like, learn it. It's there. Here's the scriptures. Here's the temple. And um, uh, this is this is the time. Uh, when President Nelson, I, I forget exactly which talk it was in, um, but uh, he says, if we lose the women, the world will never recover. Uh, the of women. I was yeah. going to talk about that. Yeah, the moral, if we lose the moral rectitude of women, the world will be lost. Like, yeah. It will never recover. And how Satan has been working on every single aspect of the family. He's been working on, on women. He's been working on men. He's been working on children. He's been working on identity and all of that. Like, 
it, very masterful, actually, you know, all of his, his strategies, but uh, the Lord has better strategies, right? And uh, we're going to... Well, interesting because um, I just watched a video. It's actually from a Christian ministry guy about same-sex attraction, and he went through how but he doesn't think you're born with it. What causes that? And it was not having a, like a, a male relationship, not connecting to mm-hmm. a, a male. So that just made me think, I've been pondering about that, that back in the seventies, when we had the women's right movement, it was all about getting rid of men in the home mm-hmm. and how, you know, abortion was originally about, you know, race and how so many races have, do not have fathers. I mean, now it's like, you don't need a husband. You don't need a father. You can just raise your children on your own. The government has stepped in as the, as the provider mm-hmm. and how that has just decimated the family. And I think that, um, you know, it started long before long long before that started in the 60s with lbj's great society yep it did that but then we also got rid of fathers in the home and told women they don't need a husband children don't need fathers you can do it all by yourself remember that commercial i can bring home the bacon i can fry it up in the pan um can't remember what it was Mm -hmm. you might think gina okay And like, you don't need a man. You can do it all by yourself. So then you don't even need a man to have children anymore. We really, they just slipped around because now we had birth. Well, there is one somewhere, but you don't have to know him on your own and you didn't need a husband and that, yeah. And that Mm -hmm. kind of started in the sixties too, but then now it's going to cause bigger problems that I think has caused a lot of gender identity and a lot of a lot of problems by getting our not having fathers in the home yeah so totally yeah so anyway just my little thought that i've been pondering the woman talk was 2019 spiritual treasures given in women's conference by president nelson oh yeah that's the one and that I'm, I'm going through this whole thing and putting all these footnotes in <laughs> it's going to be rich in those but yeah 2019 that's great thank you yeah it was october conference mm-hmm. wow can we <coughs> president nelson's talks again <laughs> <laughs> i know it was so fun going through them wasn't it and like how much all of these uh, themes and, and key principles are are there throughout his works but yeah, and then the, the six principles here on page 31 um, with the Iroquois Confederacy, that these are six principles to, to remember. The first was purity of mind and body. Second was to become one with the great creator. Third, a society must maintain a council and force for self-defense. Uh, Fourth, our action is the expression of true thought. Fifth, that justice and equality must be maintained in dealing with human rights. And that sixth, the strength of the system relies on the strength of the family. And so, 
page where you want to go? Oh, 31, the, the six principles? Uh-huh, yep. yep. I see it now, sorry. But yeah, I found those just so pertinent and, and everything. Like if, if we could just hone in and focus on those six, um, it, it can all work out. And so those are, you know, how many of those six are presented almost like that in, in many of our different um, general conference talks and uh, ways that the, the brethren uh, help us to, um, to create Zion and, uh, and everything. I, I found those just so interesting, so very pertinent to our day. Uh, I went to a conference this weekend and Jared Halverson was there. Do you guys know who he is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm shaking. He, yeah, he spoke twice. He was a keynote and then he did a breakout class and it was super interesting on this fifth one, Justice Inequality. I'm sure you've heard him give, he's given a couple of firesides that's on YouTube about proving contraries. Mm-hmm. And about, and so that when I see that, that justice inequality, like we could call it just like you can't have just justice, you can't have just equality. You have to find that healthy balance. And that's exactly what it's saying right here. You can't, you can't pick up. He was saying like, um, our generation with justice, the younger generation is saying, no, we have to have love. And, and your society falls apart when you just have one and they're doing exactly the same thing we did it's just the other side of the coin and christ is always the balance of everything and so that's just interesting yeah it's like a i mean he's kind of come up with it through the scriptures but it's kind of a true principle mm-hmm. is yeah that i love that a balance of everything Anyway, now what did you say his term was for it? Proving what? Contraries. Contraries, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really good. I saw he did another fireside, and I need to watch that one too and see if I'm sure he talks about the same thing. Um, but it's just super interesting hearing him talk about proving contraries. And then the other class I went to, he talked about. So, Cameron, you would find this super interesting if you haven't heard it that the pattern of Creation, the fall, and atonement is everywhere in our life. It's just the Savior that we go through a period of creation. And, you know, you can find it in missions. You can find it in your church worship, you you know, your testimony. Like, it's everywhere. The creation, the fall, and the atonement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, It was in an education week class or whatever that... That, I mean, that principle had been taught to me before, but I never internalized it. Um, but finally, one day in uh, C. Robert Lyons' class, um, he said it in, in a different way or whatever. And I was like, oh, I get it. Creation, fallen atonement. I mean, it's literally everything that is the basis for all of the plan. And it really is the chiastic structure um, where you, you go out and you come back and that there's there's always a pattern of that. Um, but then I wonder if you have the creation fallen atonement when you think about the latter in Isaiah, does it start over again? You know, I asked my husband that and he goes, no, I don't think it really does. And I'm like, no, I'm kind of wondering if it does. He's mm-hmm. not there, right? He doesn't know. Because, 
you don't come back to the exact same spot. You come back to the same spot, but on a higher plane. And so that's where it, um, it's, it's when you started over again. Uh -huh, yeah. So each level of the ladder, you're, you're dying as to your previous self, but you're being reborn in a higher and holier way so that you can start the pattern over again and, and come back. And, and it, it's a cyclical pattern. We have to, to die and be born many times throughout yeah. our lives. So you're created again and you start that over and then you fall down. That's the, um, mm -hmm. Those actually, descent phases. the descent phase. But you don't fall as low but then the atonement phase is always higher than the creation phase mm -hmm. okay that's interesting now yeah interesting. yeah and holland has a, a really great talk on it as well um how i forget where it's at i, I could be quoting it totally wrong but um where everything is is one great whole or one eternal round and yet each round is consecutively higher and higher and so it's kind of like this the ascent to heaven is one eternal round, uh, an eternal round of doing this pattern over and over again. Creation, fallen atonement, creation, fallen atonement. That reminds me of the um, RLDS temple in Independence. Oh, oh, interesting. I had not even thought about that, that ice cream swirl. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that totally is that pattern. Bringing your finger up, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Like huh. a, a seashell that goes up or the ice cream cone, you know? Yeah. Like I've that. never put that together. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's <laughs> interesting. That's really, really interesting. Okay. Sorry, I got off on a little tangent. But... Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> Great. Um, so just kind of, I, I don't know, like we could spend forever on <laughs> all of these things. Uh, we have Mother Shipton prophecies. We have... Um, Nostradamus and everything, but uh, I found um, George Washington's uh, Valley Forge vision, you know, highly contested. Many people, even inside the church, really don't think that that happened and that it's just uh, a bunch of hubbubaloo, but I, it's like there's too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. I think that there's a lot here um, that, that points to our day and, and time. Um, second, I lost it. Where am I at? Um, on page 40. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, let's see. Yeah. So where an, an angel, which is interesting because this one is uh, noted as a female, um, uh, coming in and talking to him and saying, son of the Republic, look and learn and um, uh, the different things that uh, she had seen uh, that she had helped him to, to see. Um, and so we have the, uh, the different wars and, and things that are going to be playing out with, with this Republic um, and uh, just kind of leading up in, into the future. Um, let me see part that really stood out to me oh yeah um it's on page 42 
Um, let's see, at the same moment, the angel upon whose head still shone the word union and who bore our national flag in one hand and a sword in the other, descended from the heavens attended by legions of white spirits. These immediately joined the inhabitants of America, who I perceived were well nigh overcome, but who immediately taking courage again, closed up their broken ranks and renewed the battle. What, um, what market you are you reading at? I can't find it. Uh-huh. So page 42, it's toward the top, the very first paragraph there, um, just <laughs> underneath that uh, hour 30 and 43 seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it very toward the end of that very first paragraph. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, talking about this um, kind of like the Bahani from the, the Hopi um, uh, prophecies or whatever that uh, legions of, of white spirits come down to, to help them close up their broken ranks and renew the battle. Um, and uh, anyway, I, I just found that very interesting coming from uh, George Washington's kind of perspective as he's going through the different battles um, that would be happening. Um, and then the voice ceased, the shadowy angel for the last time dipped water from the ocean, sprinkled it upon America. Instantly, the dark cloud rolled back together with the armies it had brought, leaving the inhabitants of the land victorious. Um, I don't know, I'm just kind of paraphrasing through through some of these, but um, while the stars remain and the heavens send down dew upon the earth, so long shall the union last. And taking from his brow the crown upon which blazoned the word union, he placed it upon the standard uh, while the people kneeling down said, amen. And then uh, it all begins to fade and uh, the vision eventually vanished from, from him, but Anyway, I found that so interesting. Uh, taking a look, you know, like uh, Tim Ballard's books, uh, Lincoln and Washington Hypothesis, etc., kind of uh, playing that into to some of this. Um, but how instrumental George Washington was as he was um, uh, much like, you know, prophets of old. Uh, he didn't seem, he himself didn't seem like he was up to the task, but yet uh, he was willing uh, to be led by the Lord and uh, guided in, in, in war and, and helping his soldiers to repent daily. That was a, a common theme throughout uh, his rallying cries. You know, if we don't repent and get right with God, how can we ever expect to, to win our battles? And uh, his inauguration is, is so interesting to study. Um, uh, how he was dressed and uh, what position his hand was uh, when he's getting sworn in and uh, what part of the Bible that was covering, etc. Um, I think that there's just so much, and especially as history is being rewritten all the time, but um, the George Washington story is uh, one worthy of, of study and, and emulation. You know, we see he uh, is one of the, the eminent men that, that comes to Wilford Woodruff and St. George, you know, and um, it's interestingly, because um, out of all of those eminent men that, that come there, there's they're all ordained elders, except for four of them, and there's four that are ordained high priests, and, and George Washington is one of those. Five. Oh, five. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I found that out this last week. There's five of them. I, I thought there was four, but um, 
Um, I we went to New York, and we were walking to the World Trade Center before the new. They were still building that new building, the Freedom Tower. Is that what they call it? And I saw this old church in this mm -hmm. old cemetery, and I told my husband, "Oh, we need to go in there." It just drew me in and it was that church. Yeah. And they had, have I told you guys this? They, I told somebody recently, they had advertised everywhere what they did during the bombing of the World Trade Center and how they contributed. And that was their big thing. And then over was like this um, little gated area. You couldn't go in like fenced around it, a railing around it. And that was where George Washington had sat and they had a little thing about that. And I was like, spirit was so strong there. It was like, yeah. wow. And then the other worldly, most sacred place, well, there's two others, but more than that was we went to London for a conference. And um, so my husband was in meetings all the time, but the day that they took the, the men or the workers uh, employees with us was we went to the signing of the Magna Carta hmm. and that was like for me I guess John F. Kennedy had been there and they had a big thing and that's what they were celebrating but I'm like but it's the Magna Carta mm -hmm. Magna Carta like it for me it was just so powerful because without that we wouldn't have had the United States mm -hmm. and just these little things that this played so much into our history and how we got where we were and you can see how the hand of god quietly does these little things where satan's creating all this chaos and doing all this <laughs> stuff and it's big and it's bold and then god just does these quiet little things and steps in like how they helped the men stamina that they needed to continue fighting when they had no more it's mm -hmm. just quiet little things and yeah that was really cool the other thing that was really cool in london was our hotel was right by hyde park and mm -hmm. through there and thinking of all the missionaries that had stood there you know preaching the gospel and guess what didn't see our missionaries but saw a lot of other people standing on their soapboxes <laughs> yeah. on sunday and teaching on sunday so it was they still do it that was kind Just, of cool mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, uh, God works in, in very different ways than, than Satan. Satan's all about the chaos and the, the wow factor and trying to distract yet. Um, the Lord will prevail in, uh, bringing about all of this. And so it's just so interesting. I found all of Lance Richardson's, uh, research and material so pertinent, you know, I, we've studied timelines galore, right. With, with everything. And, um, I had never branched into to Native American stuff before, uh, and it was just so confirming to me um, uh, how the Lord has been preparing for this all along, and here's little pieces and uh, tidbits and, and things, and that there is such a, um, I don't know how to quite put it, an equality amongst God's economy of people, how he had always planned to split them up into the, the four different skin colors, as, as the Hopis uh, call it here, and uh, to bring them all back together, that they each have an important role in building Zion. Uh, interesting to note that they were uh, 
four groups that were all high up in the mountains and they all received stone tablets and um, they each have sacred commissions as they they all come back in uh, at the end and so yeah it, it, it was just so fun to to study this at length and uh, get everyone else's insights and, and opinions on uh, things as we're seeing them play out but yeah any kind of final thoughts or uh, things that we might not have touched on that you wanted to, to cover in it? There's so much in here. <laughs> it takes forever to, to study it, but it's so uh, worthwhile and, and rewarding. The first time I listened to this is when I learned about Mother Shipton. I'd never heard about her anymore or ever before. Yeah. We're interesting. Interesting that she's the model for witches, right? With the long nose and the <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Um, not very becoming, but um, I, you posted it, didn't you? Was that you or was that Elle and Learning Zion more about Mother Shipton? Oh, yes, because the, the stuff from uh, Lance's um, thing here, I, there's certain stanzas and stuff that he skips, but there's also a lot of things that I transcribed wrong. Um, I, like I heard it wrong from, from what Lance was saying. Um, anyway, so a more accurate, um, not translation, but transcription of Mother Shipton's prophecies is that one that I had posted. Let me put it again. I didn't read it yet. I didn't go back and look. read a very long poem. Let's see, Mother Shipton. I forgot to pull that link forward here. Um, but I found this one a, a very helpful um, thing to study because I, I find it interesting what I, I'd love to know what version Lance was working from, but um, there's a few different stanzas here and there throughout it um, that he doesn't include in, in his telling. Um, so this one's a, a little bit more complete, it seems like. The picture they use, she kind of looks like Mother Goose, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, that Mother Shipton was super interesting. Oh, very much so. Oh. Maybe kind of like a prophetess. Uh-huh, yeah, I... It's amazing how many times the Lord reveals things to, to people all throughout the Dark Ages, right? I mean, Nostradamus, Da Vinci, Mother Shipton, we have lots of different people that are receiving visions and prophecies, and yet uh, every single one of them are rejected in their time, right? <laughs> and so Lord it's kind of... of uh -huh, yeah, exactly. Um and, you know, even now we're, we're still kind of rewriting history and trying to put those people off. And so I read an article just the other day of saying how we should not um, regard Mother Teresa. Her, her whole ministry was off and how she was actually very uh, a corrupting influence upon the world. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, are we are we really going there? <laughs> Can nobody just <laughs> serve? He's turning and... everything upside down, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. It's just crazy. Whoops. But yeah, but yeah the, the Lord never leaves us alone. Like, the gift of prophecy has uh, been there even when 
uh, we haven't had uh, the keys of the priesthood restored. Uh, he still loves us and is giving us prophecies and, and things all throughout time. Uh, very interesting how that works. I'm talking about women. Um, Sisters of Liberty just came out with another video that Jamie, is that her name, did? Oh, fun. About the law of mother in heaven. It's only about 40 minutes long. Just under 40 minutes, I think. Yeah, I'm Super have to interesting. Take a look at that. Yeah, I listened to it this morning. I want to listen to it again. Super, super interesting. Well done. Yes, I listen to it. Um, so as far as next week goes, um, we're going to be looking at those two different parables from Anthony Sweat as they relate to the endowment, um, the, the commoner and the king and the white coat parable. Um, they're short little reads, but there's a lot in there. I highly encourage uh, a good chunk of time to uh, kind of ponder through those and uh, see what we can uh, pull out. Um, so we will uh, discuss that next week. Um, the Sunday groups are a little off because of um, Father's Day and, and everything. So um, anyway, it's just kind of a, a little bit of an off week. If you can't make it, that's fine. But um, uh, we'll record it like always. Um, and then we'll be diving into lectures on faith after that. Uh, getting started, that's going to be a, <laughs> a fun one to, to gear up for. Um, this Saturday, isn't it this Saturday? Let me pull up my calendar. Yes, this Saturday is the four ordinations call. We're doing chapter 27, if anyone's interested for that, uh, 10.30 uh, a.m. Um, standard time, same link. Um, what else? Can you get the names of Anthony's uh, talks again? Uh-huh, yeah. So um, they're, they're part of his books. Um, so if you're uh, getting them from like Desert Book or what have you, uh, the Holy Invitation and the, the Holy Covenants. Um, but I have pulled out uh, the text from those two parables that are in there. And um, those are on the email that I sent out uh, last week, two weeks ago, uh, whatever it was. Um, and I have those pulled out, but um, they're uh, in the Holy Invitation. The parable is called... Um, the commoner and the king. And then in the Holy Covenants book, it's called the white coat parable. I'm sorry, the white what? White coat. White coat. Metal, medical coat. Sweet, thanks. Uh-huh, yep. Um, and those are available on like Desert Bookshelf as audio um, or that transcription that, that I've got in that email. Um, but yeah. They're, they're going to be super fun ones to study together. I'm excited to hear everyone's insights. Um, I'm putting to the in two Anthony Sweat videos. Oops. Oh, uh-huh. If you haven't seen them, they're about the endowment. The one is an audio, the first one, and the second one is a podcast, is a video. Um, the second one's about the presentation of the temple endowment and the first one is similar mm -hmm. Fun. Um, so it kind of goes along with what you're what we'll be reading for next week but, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry okay i thought that was me 
um, super, super duper interesting. Mm -hmm. I think it'll kind of go along with, um, with, with that. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, so that one is from the first one is from leading saints and so that one's the the audio version the second one is they're a little bit different they're a lot the same but they're a little different i haven't read the parables yet he doesn't uh -huh. give parables but it might be helpful in um in the parables i don't know because i haven't read them but yeah for sure they're really really good in fact i need to go back and listen to those again because they were super good yeah and then also his uh talk at byu uh just recently mm -hmm. um is another fun one wow well, um i've doubt. listened to that talk too and these are actually i think a little bit more in depth because mm -hmm. the byu one maybe was a little watered down because of the audience mm. um and it was a time constraint mm. yeah so i think these we're done first and that's maybe taken from it so i like that's why i like those two because they were a little bit more in depth yeah and what was that other one i just love lots of anthony sweats things um anyway it's an interview he does with like gail and condy and that other guy i'll, I'll find it and i'll i'll post a link to, the, to that interview as well he talks about um some of the pioneer type stuff with with endowment it's another fun one to watch but yeah thank you because i i had forgotten that leading saints interview that he had done that was an excellent one i have been They're trying listening. to find this inner this byu women's conference talk i think <laughs> it was from 2015 i put in his name and nothing comes up hmm. but it was about women in the priesthood and his name's david clare David Clare. And I believe it's C-L-A-R-E. And I just put in Women's Conference 2015 and it's not coming up. Um, he's a BYU professor. And I have listened to that talk so many times. My husband listened to it and loved it. Uh-huh. But I can't. Um, I wonder if this is it. I don't know. Tell me. I just posted a link. Okay, yeah. Oh, the image just came up. Yes, I okay, there's a PDF for it. I did, instead of doing YouTube, I did a search. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so it was 2014 and I found it in 2015. Gotcha. Amazing talk about women. And hmm. the I'm gonna have to read that. Yeah, never... really, really good. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you found it in printed version because i would love to have this to read it again and again mm -hmm. he does say that the lord taught him and today i'm going to share nothing of that with you because that's <laughs> for you to find out from the lord <laughs> which is exactly what our prophet's been telling us for you know five six years later so yeah but he but it's a very good talk and it was a little bit ahead of its time before the prophet was talking about women in the priesthood. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to put yeah. that on my reading list. Excellent, excellent talk. All right. Well, it's been super fun. I've loved studying this with, with y'all. Um, I look forward to, to next week with that, even though we'll miss Alethea. She'll be on her cruise. Yeah. Well, then maybe you guys will get to talk a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll show up one time. I don't know. <laughs>
<laughs> I was gonna say thanks for waking up. Sorry, we had to wake you up. <laughs> but I got a little nervous when your mom said he went to a family search thing at four, and I'm like, oh no, nobody's heard from him since. I hope he's not on the road somewhere. <laughs> no, it's all good. I just came home, crashed. I don't know. It was dumb. I have no words. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well until next week i'm super sad i'll miss it but yeah. you guys will enjoy it so yeah, good all right well all righty everyone we'll see you later good night